All right, welcome into the latest Match Chats on Leadership. I'm Matt Childers, Executive Director of Allen Lima Leadership. It's great to be with you today. We're going to be visiting with uh, not only a good friend, but uh, the leader of uh, the Van Wert uh, school system. He's the new superintendent, just named. Uh, his name is Mark Bagley. And uh, if you hear that name, you might know that uh, he was the former head coach of the Van Wert Cougars. Mark, welcome into this show and welcome into this podcast. Really appreciate you being a part of it. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. It's, it's, it's unprecedented times right now, but uh, leadership has never been more important, uh, not only in our nation, but also in our schools and, and uh, in our families right now. And I, I'm just honored to be part of, the, of this uh, program. For sure. Uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by Allen Lima Leadership. If you'd like to be a part of Allen Lima Leadership in the next great class of 2021 in September, you can head to allenlimaleadership.com and uh, check out all the information there. So, uh, Mark, let's start with, uh, uh, before we get into your current position as the new superintendent uh, of Van Wert, let, let's just talk about your early years. What were your early years like growing up? Education was, was always huge for me in our family. Uh, both my parents were uh, teachers to start with, and I had a grandfather that was uh, in education as a principal for 40 years. And so it was always a huge factor in my life. And my mom was a kindergarten teacher. So I remember my summers a lot of time would go into the school buildings of either taking down the multiple bulletin boards or helping her put up multiple bulletin boards in her room. So I always valued education as a young child. And I knew it was important uh, for my family discussions that um, it was going to be a big part of my life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that what a that is certainly uh, crafting a path and uh, being influenced there. Let's go a little deeper on that. Your parents uh, and and any other early mentors for year for you. What what were those influences like? Well, my mom and dad again were both educators. My dad transitioned to the Marsh Foundation. He was the director there for twenty nine years after he taught middle school for just a few. Uh, and I learned so much from my father as really one of the one of the trademarks of leadership is, is to be a servant leader. And, and being the director of the Marsh Foundation, he really had to be that leader um, that, that would serve a wide range of kids that were coming from different home situations, some temporary, some permanent. And so that was always a, a great uh, model for me to witness as a young child, uh, to watch my father interact with all these different kids. They were all like sons and daughters to him. And then, my mother's influence of the younger age, of the kindergarten age, uh, where she she was like a mother to them as well mm. uh, in that sense. So that was such a huge impact. And then I, I've had my sister as a current teacher, and so is my, my older brother. Uh, they, they currently are teachers as well. And then um, my, my other brother, he, he taught college for a number of years. So we, we had such a wow. uh, a. Uh, education background that the influence was huge and I would add this to Matt that the influence of the YMCA was a huge influence as a young child too um, and how that happened was my coaches at the YMCA would be more than a coach I had a coach that would take me cross-country skiing that would take me uh, out to lunch and just talk about a lot of different things and, and granted I, I had the best father in the world but I had other leaders the YMCA, our church on a camping trip or a rafting trip that all developed 
my thoughts on leadership from a young age. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's talk about quite an influence. Uh, I've been doing uh, this podcast uh, since uh, early February, and uh, that is by far, when asking about influences, the closest uh, to uh, uh, one's world where both your parents, uh, your family members, uh, siblings, uh, being involved and uh, so, sounds a little bit like the family business, right? It was. And, and my grandfather, again, uh, he told me one year, and it was, uh, I recall the book Tuesdays with Maury's, mm. um, when, yeah. when Maury talked about his life experience as he was dying. Um, and that was a book by Mitch Albom was a very famous, popular book. But um, my grandfather, when he was a nursing home, we would take him out, my wife and I, before we had kids, every week to eat. And I hear all kinds of stories from my grandfather. And he told me during one dinner, he loved to eat out. One dinner he told me one year he was the principal, the secretary, he was a coach, he taught class, and he had a custodian that got sick. And so he was a custodian for the last part of the year. He did all those duties in one year. And, and wow. granted, he was a principal for 40 years. Wow. And he did all those duties one, one year, the last three months of the, of the school year. I just thought those that talk about being a servant leader there. I had it from my grandfather um, and the stories that he told at dinner were just fascinating. Oh, that's, 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 that's tremendous. Um, yeah. Well, you did uh, get it honestly and you did, you, you, you didn't fall far from the tree as they say. So uh, great for you. Uh, and uh, that's really a well, well uh, orchestrated uh, and told story that, uh, uh, is so true to the heart there for, for your pa- your pathway. Um, so having said that, then did you know from your education uh, as you're going through uh, grade school and middle school and into high school, uh, knowing how that shaped you, did you know what you wanted to do when uh, you were going to get into your professional career? To be honest, I knew that was our family uh, trade, so to speak. We, we all did that. I went to college undecided, um, and I'll be 100% honest, I wanted, I wanted to coach in some capacity because I had so many good role model coaches for me from grades, you know, first grade with my father all the way through high school, and, and a huge influence. So I went about it the wrong way, Matt. Um, I wanted to coach, and I learned quickly at college, and I, I heard this at college um, in one of my very first classes. Um, from a person I respected very much, he said, you never, ever get an education because you want to coach. You get an education because you want to be a, a teacher, a leader, and if coaching's part of that, then your classroom becomes the basketball floor. Mm. And I learned that at, at, at that age in college, and right then and there, I, I made a decision. My, I, my brother-in-law was a teacher, um, and at the time he was dating my sister. He wasn't my brother-in-law yet. And he really influenced me about how a classroom should look. And, and I, I changed my major from undecided uh, my freshman year to the semester I changed it to education. Uh, at that time, it was one through eight. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great story. I, I feel like uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was certainly, uh, as they say, meant to be for you. And then getting great advice uh, like that. Uh, uh, to be able to to really orchestrate your path, uh, because at the end of the day, coaching uh, really is teaching and education, and so 
uh, you were able to not only navigate both, but uh, to excel at both. Uh, t- tell us, tell our audience about your professional path and how that commenced uh, following uh, following college. Well, the irony of the whole thing was my very first interview was back at Van Wert, where I went to school and grew up my whole life. And I'll never forget the question that was first asking me. Um, they asked me what job I was interviewing for. That's a true story. And I knew I wouldn't get the job, and I didn't uh, at Van Wert, which uh, led me to a lot of uh, soul-searching and thinking. Um, June passed by. Uh, no more interviews. July comes, and at that time, there was, there was a, you know, a supply for teachers was, it was very competitive. Um, there was not a lot of teachers retiring at the time. And so I, I got an interview uh, at Wayne Trace, and one of the best advice I ever got was, I was out to coach about three different sports, Matt, and they looked at me and said, I will give you the job. But I'm telling you right now, this is not the best fit for Mark Bagley. Mm. And they were honest with me. Mm. And I, I kind of waited on that. Um, in the week of July 4th, I was out working, uh, doing some construction, and got a phone call from my father saying, hey, um, he at the time was working in sporting goods. He'd retired and doing some sporting goods. I got a call uh, from my dad telling me that Audeville has a second opening. And one of their board members was in here, and I gave him your name. Well, the rest is history. Hmm. Uh, I went to Ottaville on a, on a hot July day, middle of July, and got hired uh, for, my, for my first job as a sixth grade teacher. And it was one of two or two of the best years of my life. I've met lifetime friends as coaches and teachers that I still have relationships with today. And, and I, was, I taught how to be a professional hmm. my first two years uh, working at Ottaville. And, and best of all, I met my wife on the uh, on the wall of my principal's house at a Christmas. <laughs> oh, that is great! Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, in essence, uh, it looked like you were you know going. You went to Taylor University. Uh, you went to Van Wert High School, then Taylor. Uh, then you come back and you're like, oh, hometown guy. I'm I'm going to come back to Van Wert, and they say, well, we don't we don't have a position for you right now, and. You look like, hey, what, what am I going to do? And there, there it comes, just a little north of Van Wert, uh, in a small, a little smaller community in Ottoville, uh, to set you on your path. Uh, and then you meet your wife, and that, that's just an incredible, incredible story and incredible fun uh, to be able to image that. Uh, so you, you have Ottoville. You say it was this great experience, uh, and, and then what happened? Well, Van Wert came knocking. Um, as far as the opportunity was there again. And, and, you know, that was a great opportunity for me to to learn that the failure that I perceived two years ago wasn't really a failure. It was an opportunity somewhere else. And and I I took that uh, mindset and said, you know what? Um, I feel like now is the best time, if it works out, to go back to Van Wert. Um, I was still living there. I just purchased a home. And uh, I love Van Wert. I was a Cougar. Mm-hmm. And so I, I experienced two great years. I interviewed for position. It happened to be seventh and eighth grade math, and I got the job. So I came back home to Van Wert. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's fantastic. To be able to really, uh, you know, uh, you and I are both sports guys, so we kind of put things in uh, that type of perspective. But 
uh, it reminds me of, you know, what LeBron did where, you know, he left Cleveland and said he never got a chance to go to college. So he went to Miami and that gave him an even greater appreciation of Cleveland and Akron and the greater Cleveland area. And maybe that was the same case for you. It was, and I, I, I really had a, a very good appreciation for Van Ward and what it meant to me growing up. But getting away was good to see other other places, other areas, lifetime friends, a, a different way of doing things, a different culture. Um, and so it was. It was really good for me to get away and then to come back and, and, and niche my own own groove at Van Ward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so uh, within all of that, uh you are coaching, and you're coaching basketball. The really the, as I know it, the love of your life, uh, in terms of a professional uh, path, and also uh, as a uh, passion and uh, as a as a sport. Uh, give me a few leadership lessons that you have learned along your pathway uh, from Ottoville to Van Wert as a JV coach and assistant coach. Uh, and then the uh, the head coach share with me some of those leadership experiences that that you and you you have found. Well, I think the the first part about leadership that I, I think is, is is has been grossly um, underrated and maybe underutilized has been to find mentors that can help you um, in, in all the profession professional goals that you try to achieve. And I I like to use gold standards, Matt versus goals because I think gold standards are the standards that you put forth. And so you surround yourself and you, you attach yourself with people that you really think um, will help, help you grow. Um, and, and I found that right away with um, our counselor was right across the hall from me. Um, and a gentleman named by Ed Clark uh, from Delphus. And he was our counselor and Ed provided a great stability mental relationship on how to do things, how to go about doing things. Uh, the first to arrive, the last to leave. Hmm. I always learned that from, from Ed about how to go about. He was a former teacher of mine in high school and it came full circle. I'm working with him hmm. with that. And then in the, in the coaching profession, it was Dave Fralick. Um, and also Jeff McMillan. Jeff McMillan was the first person I coached with at Ottaville. And then Dave, obviously, for 20 years at Van Wert. So you surround yourself with people that that can produce the mentorship and the life lessons that you just don't get. Yes, your family is important. Yes, the experiences I had as a child were important. And at college at Taylor provided a great foundation for me. But the lessons from mentors um, in education and in coaching help keep me in this profession for a long time because I think so many people get in early and jump to be a head coach, let's say in basketball or any sport too fast, or try to jump to be a principal too fast, and and they skip steps. Not intentionally. It's an opportunity, but there's not the mentorship and growth that can happen. So what I learned there about servant leadership, and those both those, those gentlemen, I talk about Ed Clark uh, when I first started teaching as a counselor, and then Jeff McMillan and Dave Freilich, those guys were the – the greatest examples of servant leaders I've ever been around. Yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, and uh, those those came out of not only the basketball area, but also the education area for 
for you. And that, that's the beauty of education where you're getting it dual. You're getting it not only in the classroom, uh, but, but uh, actually on the, uh, uh, the court uh, that you, you saw so frequently at, uh, at Ottoville and Van Wert. Um, when, when you think about then leading teams, both as your professional path uh, took you to be a principal and then as the head basketball coach, how do you then hire the teams that you build around you that you just talked about? I think, first of all, you look at the word climate and culture. Um, and climate is more the temperature, and it can be day-to-day. In Ohio, we've we faced all kind of different climates here. Yeah. Uh, one day it's snowing, one day it's raining, the next day it's, like today, kind of sunny and in that way. But culture, it, to me, is consistent expectations for a long time. I happen to be in California, Southern California, for a week. That is the ultimate example of weather culture. It's mm-hmm. pretty consistent and it's the same. And so I think you go into the mindset of when you hire people and you hire a team, you have to look at how will they enhance our culture? Because if you look at climate only, that can be high and low. And they, they may be able to interview well for a day and, and maybe do a good uh, good one-stop one shop as far as that hour. But the culture of the piece you look at is over the course of a long time, are they going to enhance our school district, let's say Van Wert, and will they, will they bring value to, to being that servant leader and to help grow other leaders so – will continue to expand and, and, and grow more. I don't ever want to be thought of as a leader of that. It's top down where whatever I say goes. I want to have a team of people, administrators, teachers, parapros, custodians, cooks, that we all can, can build each other up on the experiences that we've had. And so um, that's, to me, when I look at the servant leadership, and, the, and I, I say the greatest equation of all time ever made, was we is greater than me. Mm. When you have that kind of uh, of mentality where the, the group is bigger than me individually, then you have a chance to hire successful people. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you have uh, a, a sustained culture where uh, there's a couple of me's in there with a lot of we's? How, how do you incorporate and, and be able to maybe uh, help those me's out uh, throughout uh, their their career path? I think you got to surround, surround them with positivity. And, and I'm a huge John Gordon fan. And one of the – there's a lot of books I like of him that he writes. But one of my favorite, the first one I read was Energy Bus. Hmm. And it, it talks about getting people on your bus. And sometimes you got to kill them with kindness and you got to try to develop and grow them. But there's there comes a point in time, Matt, where if they're not willing to be part of, of a team – it makes it awful hard for them to flourish. And you'd hope those people can see that and move to a different, you know, avenue. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And it's not always going to be, as I say, roses and cotton candy. There's some tough decisions that have to be made. And I think John has produced to me um, the ability in his, in his very short books to lead by, by positivity, uh, to lead – uh, by, by a simple phrase of do today well. Let's, let's focus on today and let's do it well. And mm. I think he's really done a good job to help frame me when there are situations that, you know, not everybody's on board. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I think you're, you're exactly right. And I think one of the things that we like to talk about uh, in my world of, of leadership is being solution based and being able to share with people their standards of performance where it's where it's pretty clear, hey, here are the great things that you do. Here's some areas of improvement. And this is what we want to do in terms of a grade card going forward uh, so that uh, if there's a heavy emphasis on me and not the we, we can have those discussions monthly or quarterly. And if you're able to do that, that person is going to find out that, hey, we're solution-based, and I either better get on the, the bus, that, that energy bus that's moving forward, or else I'm going to get left behind and may not, may not have that position uh, going forward. And I, I think you said that well. Okay, uh, let, let's look at um, a couple of other things. Um, you talked about your culture. What, what, does your, what does your culture look like when you're trying to lead both youth and the adult faculty to get to one final goal? That's a great question. And, and I, I, like to get, I like to use this example um, and it helps, and I use it to kids, um, and I use it to adults. And that's if your job as an adult, whether it's a parent or a teacher, um, if you think the value of the kids is how good they are at your class, how good they are at sports, how good they are at band or extracurricular, then we're missing we're missing the boat then there. I think it's our job as parents and as teachers to raise the youth to be hardworking, respectful, and servant leaders. Their value should not be judged, and our value should not be judged as a kid or adult on how good they are at sports or how good they are at school. Because at the end of the day, I think you asked two questions that, that really simplify things. Did you work hard and give your best effort? Did you have fun doing it? And if you can do those two things, I think as a student in school and as a parent or adult leading these students, it really takes away all the what ifs. It takes away all the negativity. It takes away those kind of, uh, of, of excuses or reasons why things won't work because they all have to go together, um, yeah. especially in a school. Um, we worry way too much um, and parents, we do this too, about if they're good at sports or good at school, that equates I've done a good job as a parent. And I think that's a, a misnomer for both students and parents that, that really that our job is to raise kids that are hardworking, respectful, and servant leaders. And you ask those two questions. And if, if those two questions, as I think about it, can be answered, then I think you make complicated things pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Um, what advice would you give to young people just graduating or coming out into the workforce, either coming into the workforce or they're either graduating high school and getting into the workforce or they're going to college and then getting into the workforce? What advice would you have to those young, young folks today? I think my advice from last year at this time to today may be, be changing based yeah. on the world they're, they're coming out of. I, I, I think... Um, I heard a really good quote um, on Sunday that that I, I even put out on Twitter that never lose faith 
in the end of the story. And right now, the story for high school graduates graduates is confusing. For kids in college right now, it's confusing. What, what, what's the message? Hmm. I, I feel like we're stuck. I feel like it can't move on. But the end of the story is going to be good for them because they have faced more adversity, uh, probably in their minds failure, lack of closure than ever before. And, and if they can come out of this with a positive attitude and energy, uh, we, we, may, we may find out there's more entrepreneurs we ever knew. There may be a lot of kids that are coming out of high school and college that can start their own business based on where we're at right now. And so the, the positive aspect of, of um, how can I make this negative situation positive? Because the end, we have to have faith that it's going to make us all stronger and better. And, and that's, that's what advice I give right now today is don't stop believing as far as what the future holds for you. Because there's so many things that our country allows us to do and maybe starting your own business or doing things on your own, working for someone else that you could never do before because you thought you had to go to college. Mm-hmm. You thought you had to go out of college and, and go to the workforce. Maybe there's some things that can happen now that, that people didn't think of before. Yeah. Uh, well said there, uh, Coach. Uh, all right. So uh, what, what's the best advice that you've ever received? Well, I've received a lot of good advice over the years. Um, and looking at, at, at that advice, uh, knowing that the, the one advice that I always thought of is that in this profession, you're going to put your heart into something and, and put all your energy and soul into something and knowing that it may be broken. And you have to be willing to, to get off the floor, dust yourself off, and go back to work. Hmm. And that's happened many times in my life, whether it's a job or a game or a family situation, that you have to put your heart into whatever you do, mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to possibly be broken. Most times it is at some point. And how do you respond to those kind of things? And, and uh and getting off the floor and dusting yourself off and going back to work. That to me uh, is what it's all about. And, and you know, I, I'm always trying to read or watch movies or, or do whatever I can to see those stories in real life. And, and um, you know, the, the rest of the story is yet to come and, and there's, there's good, good days ahead for all of us. But um, those are the, the, the advice that I, you know, I, I take from a lot of different people that have given that to me. Yeah. Um, you, you, you probably, uh, that was well said. You, you probably, you probably had some advice from some uh, fans in the stands over the years as well. Haven't you? <laughs> and, all right. and, and I think it's really important uh, that, that, that sometimes, you know, they're right. And you listen to everything, but uh, most times uh, right. <laughs> you're the one in the trenches doing the work. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, I, uh, I, I've heard the term helicopter parent and you in the, uh, uh, the educational system and then in the coaching system, uh, I guess the definition of that is kind of, you know, today's parents where, you know, I, I remember my parents, you know, my brothers went off to Miami University and my parents may have taken them there, but I know that they never went and picked them up and brought turkey sandwiches and Gatorades all of that. I know that was not happening. I know my cousins actually went to Miami 
and uh, they drove themselves for their first day at school. So all that being said, um, uh, a helicopter parent may be doing some different things with really good intentions. How, how would you describe um, maybe being able to, with, with your kids and then also your students, uh, letting them you know, fly their own flight, so to speak? That's a good balance, and really, uh, and I've already mentioned it, I, I think the value of my wife and I as parents is not based on how, I've got two kids, a daughter and a son, how good they are at sports or at school, but but are they are they hardworking, are they respectful, are they servant leaders, um, and I think there's a balance there. Um, you know, that, that first trip to college last fall was uh, harder than I thought, Yeah, but yet, it was important for us to drop him off, to know him, to, to tell him that we loved him, and that you'll you'll be just great here. And then not to stick around and ask a lot of questions, but to leave. Mm. And you may leave with tears in your eyes, but it, I think it's really important to let those young adults know that you love them, but yet I'm leaving because it's time for you to grow. Yeah. Knowing that you may fail some along the way. And we did that. That was hard. And we both got in the car and probably cried. It was, was pretty quiet for a while, but it's the right thing to do. And I think if we give our kids excuses because they fail and say, that person's wrong or they don't know you very well. I know you best. I think it just allows them later on in life to continue to go down that path of, my mom or dad will bail me out. Is there time for that to come? Yes. Um, you know, when this whole coronavirus hit and they're trying to decide at the college level uh, what to do, you know, he wanted to talk to us more. It was time to, to assure him he's okay. Yeah. Um, but there's also time to back off. And yet that's, that, that's an equality that you, hopefully it's been mentored to you, your own parents, um, and know that, at times, you have to let them fail uh, and know the right time to pick them back up. And mm. I think uh, we in society have done that too much where we've, we've, we've provided too many uh, parachutes and too many safety nets um, where it's okay, within reason, for your kids to fail a little bit. When I say fail, it doesn't mean flunking out of something or, or being uh, totally uh, not working on, on – on growing as, as a young child, but it means that you have to let them experience some things that, that, that are, that are hard yeah. and tough. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, you know, I, I, I'm aging myself or sounding old where I would say, Oh, I did, you know, I've done this as a, as, as a, you know, we used to drink water out of the hose when we practiced basketball or out of the fountain or, uh, football practice, there was only, uh, the green water hose, you know, it's instead of, Gatorade and Powerade and all those things and and uh, so yeah definitely it's changed but uh, you make a very uh, you know very wise points there in terms of that balance that that takes place uh, okay so let let's uh, we'll get you out of here on this really appreciate uh, Mark Bagley for being with us he's the new superintendent uh, just named uh, the new superintendent of Van Wert uh, is it county schools or is it city schools. It's city schools, Matt. Yeah. yeah, it's actually city. We're Van Wert City Schools in our county. We have Crestview and Lakeview to the west and east, and we're right in the center. So we're Van Wert City Schools. Yeah, a beautiful community and uh, one that's been very good to me uh, over the years. Uh, 
uh, certainly with uh, our radio stations and supporting the stations and, and uh, having a lot of fun uh, uh, both on the newsworthy side, uh, on the news side and the uh, sports and entertainment side. Uh, okay, so uh, A, uh, what, uh, what was the driving uh, motivation for you to take that next step from uh, being a principal to the superintendent, putting your hat in the ring for the superintendent? And then, and then secondly, what's the definition of success as you launch your, your new uh, pathway here uh, for Van Wert City Schools? I think as a competitive person and you look at your district and, and how can I help serve the entire district? As I ventured away from the coaching realm, I started to have that thought of, you know, how could, if I was a leader and if I helped our school, what could I do to help us grow to even bigger heights? And not, it wasn't about me at all. It was about how can I help be a leader and, and be a servant leader to our teachers, administrators, and our community in general. And so uh, I had that, that thought over Christmas break when I, when I learned our superintendent was leaving it's been a long time and, and uh, developing, is that something I want to go for? Because once I go for something, I, I'm all in. And so once I made that decision, I, I applied and I went all in and prepared, you know, like, like it was uh, any great lesson I, as a teacher that I made me prepare or a great um, performance as a principal that you, whatever that may be, going to Washington, D.C. with huge endeavor uh, or as a coach, that game plan you think, man, I'm going to spend hours on this game plan. And so I did that. Um, I was fortunate enough to get the job. And so uh, then it's like, oh, oh wow. Uh, I got offered the job um, basically on Friday the 13th. Mm. And the next thing you know, that same day, we announced we're shutting school down through wow. April 6th at the time. Yeah. So it was a whirlwind of – Congratulations, and oh, by the way, school has changed like never before. Um, and yeah. So, and here we are now on almost May, and we're we're still navigating through all this. So, my vision is to be visible in our community, to be a leader, to help, um, to be whatever I can do to make Vanwar a better place and for our community, for our kids, because I know how good Vanwar's been to me. Um, I said this over and over, education, basketball, family, uh, families have been great to me Hmm. at Van Wert. And how can I give back to be a leader that that other people can say the same thing? Uh, Because that's what breaks my heart is when people say um, that Van Wert wasn't good to them or Van Wert wasn't a positive experience. And so how can I help in that endeavor is to be the leader of the organization. And to model that, yeah. uh, and I'll do whatever I can to make this a better place to live, even in these these challenging times, even when it's uncertain. Uh, I firmly believe that you know there's a plan for me, um, and it happened, and so now I got to take the bull and, and, and run with it a little bit, you know, as far as being that leader that that Van Wert needs right now. Yeah, uh, I, I promise to get you out of here on that last one, but let me just ask you. What, what are a couple of things that you see going forward in education that may be different over the next, say, 18 to 24 months? Well, I do think the importance and value of a teacher 
uh, instructional leader in the classroom has now been accentuated. I, I think you, we've seen it all over the place where parents feel like they have to, they have to be a teacher at home, and it's really hard. Uh, it's it's hard work. It's not easy. And yeah. so I think the value of, of our profession is going to get helped by this whole thing. But I also see looking in the future, we have to learn how to utilize the technology available because our world has gotten smaller. Technology has, has, has enabled us to get smaller in our world. We have to be able to utilize all the tools that are out there um, to help us instruct and be explicit in our instruction uh, to teach those standards that are that, that are powerful. And, you know, the days of giving worksheets and packets, those are over. We have to be uh, uh, a profession that is really innovative uh, and, and try to reach all students, even when financially it may not be equal across the board. We have to find ways to educate kids when they, they can't always be physically together. Yeah. Uh, and that's what our challenge is going to be from May until next August and who knows what the future brings, but I, I feel really good about our staff uh, attacking this challenge with a lot of enthusiasm and energy. Yeah. Well, man, really appreciate you uh, for this uh, podcast and uh, really congratulate you on your career and how much, uh, how much fun it's been for you uh, being, uh, you know, going, going to, I mean, what a dream to go to school and then become the, the head coach of your alma mater and then to become the superintendent of your alma mater um, from a family tree of educators. Uh, really, congratulations, Coach. Uh, it's, a, it's a true pleasure to be your friend and uh, really appreciate all the good things you're doing. And uh, hey, thanks for the connection. Th- these days, we, we need these kind of connections and I really appreciate you sharing it with our audience. I think it'll be, it'll be great uh, uh, food for, uh, for, for them to be able to, uh, to scoop up. Thanks, man. Just one more thing I, I want to say is if I can help one person out, um, today, uh, then I feel like it's been an accomplishment. I, I, I think Andy Stanley is a leader in, in this world as far as leadership. And, and he says, do for one that you wish you could do for everyone. So if one person out of this conversation is better today, um, then, then I've accomplished, you know, one small goal uh, to try to help somebody else become better. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this uh, podcast brought to you by uh, Alan Lima Leadership, alanlimaleadership.com. Head there today to become a part of the 2021 class. There's over 800 alum in Alan Lima Leadership. We'd love you to be part of that next great class. Coach, all the best to you. Thanks so much. And uh, I'm certain we will be uh, talking real soon. Thanks, Matt, and appreciate all you're doing for the Lima Land area and just the leadership lessons that you're providing and it's all the things that you do in Lima. We really appreciate it and uh, be safe and God bless. Same to you, Coach. Appreciate it. Right back at you.